Hey, I want to bring a message to you entitled, go ahead and write this down, your most important relationship. Your most important relationship. And um, this is another standalone message. How many of you were blessed by Gather the Good last Sunday? Was that, was that a blessing to you? Very good. Very good. I encourage you, if you didn't hear it, go ahead and check out the podcast and then um, try to apply the, the principles therein. Very uh, fr- freeing, uh, uh, liberating is what I wanted to say, message. So, yeah, your most important relationship, uh, it was about four years ago where Highlight Church was this big, massive movement um, composed of um, three adults and two boys uh, where we went to uh, North Carolina. We were a church planting team. We were a core team. And um, hold on, stop. Let, let's, let's pause first. Everyone, let's do this. Let's smile. No, no, I want to see teeth. Let's smile. There you go. Y'all okay? It's summer and sunny outside and we're in a church with AC. Let's praise the Lord for AC, y'all. Come on, let's put our hands together for AC. 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 So, yeah, we were in North Carolina, and <laughs> we were at this conference, and uh, we were in a breakout session, and uh, Judah was very young. We didn't want to go to the front. This gentleman was teaching on how to build a, a core team. Uh, what does a healthy core team look like for, for a church planting team? We didn't want to go to the front. Judah was only a, a few months old, and so we're like, no, we're, we're sitting back. You do your thing. We're taking notes. We're here. He called us up to the front, and we sat down, and thank God Judah was on his best behavior. He didn't cry or anything. Um, after this session, this gentleman, uh, he caught lunch with us, and um, he was already pastoring in a, in a city there in North Carolina locally, and uh, he had lunch with us, and lunch turned into an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. And he just poured into our lives and, and speaking faith into the vision. And um, to this very day, um, and I've mentioned him many of times, he's even paid us a visit. Pastor Ken has been an integral part in our process. He has been a leader, a covering um, guy. You know, God has used him to, to guide us and speak faith into us. As a matter of fact, last week, one of the statements that I read for the Gather the Good message was from from him telling us that we're not dreaming big enough, and our team isn't dreaming big enough, our church isn't dreaming big enough, and and he's just ready to dive a little deeper personally into my life, and uh, just he's always been a great gift from God. The interesting thing is, is that when we arrived to the conference, we didn't know him. We didn't know who he was. Um, I just noticed he was a leader who sat up front, you know, while, while the main presenter would present. I'm like, that guy, in every main session, he's up front and he's in the middle and he's taking notes. I like that guy. There's a, there's a leader in that guy. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's phenomenal. And uh, part of the takeaway here is, is this. Just because we're, we're ignorant to something doesn't make it irrelevant. Just because you don't know something or you don't know someone, it doesn't make them irrelevant to your life. And um, sometimes the people that we don't know have the greatest capacity to change our lives. I'd encourage you to do a relationship inventory or evaluation about every three months. I do it about every, 
every three months to a season or so. I just look at the relationships in my life and I try to weigh uh, what kind of value am I bringing into those relationships and what kind of value are they bringing into minds? Are they empowers? Are they neutralizers? Are they negative? Just, you, you ought to evaluate your relationships. And everyone that you know today is not everyone that you will know tomorrow. And, and you actually need new relationships. There are certain relationships that can't go with you into 2020. There are certain relationships that can't can go with you into 2020, but they won't be able to go into 2025. And you need to be able to know and evaluate and ask God to bring the right people into your life as God continues to grow you and change you. There's nothing different within the church and uh, Christianity. If you've been around Christianity or church for any amount of time, maybe you're not, maybe you're atheist, agnostic, that's all good. We love you. Uh, you don't have to believe to belong here. You can actually serve and become a superhero, even if you don't believe. We, we love to see that beautiful smile, um, um, serve and, and, and create a space for people to encounter, encounter God. But with that being said, in, in, in the church world, uh, many of us are familiar with God the Father, God the Son, we hear God the Holy Spirit. So we, we get the Father, creator of the world, judge. We understand the Son, Jesus, Savior of the world. Um, and then we hear about the Holy Spirit, but we don't quite know or understand fully who he is. And um, there's lots of unknown and misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit even within the church. You can ask the average Christian, what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And uh, majority wouldn't be able to give you a, a good answer. But today, I feel like God wants to equip us with the knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is. And not just who he is, but why we need him. Why is the Holy Spirit the most important relationship that we are involved in, especially for the believer? And we're going to go ahead and talk about that. Acts 19 verses 1 through 2 says this, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. So Jesus has saved Paul. Paul has the Holy Spirit. Part of the reason why you need him, and I'm jumping to the very end of the message now, but part of the reason why you need the Holy Spirit is because you have an assignment on your life. And so Paul is going across the world. The, the gospel, the good news about who Jesus is, Giselle, is leaving Jerusalem, and it's going across the world throughout Europe. And Paul is moving by the power of the Holy Spirit. Read the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts teaches about the acts of the Holy Spirit through believers. It's a powerful book. And so it says this here, on the coast where he found several believers. So this is a church. Someone has went before Paul, spread the good news about who Jesus is. These people have received Christ as Savior, as Lord. They're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Then he asked this question. Verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. <laughs> no, they replied. I love this. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they're coming to church. They're serving. They're giving. They're reading the scripture. 
They're going to group. They're going to counseling. They're going to High Word Wednesday. But they're like, Holy Spirit, that's weird. What is the Holy Spirit? We've never heard of that. So we're going to address a few things. Um, you guys ready? Yeah. All right, let's clarify who he is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Speak. We're here to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead. If you're writing notes, write this down. Who is the Holy Spirit? Number one, he is God. He is God. We are in teaching mode, so um, I got a good amount of verses I want to share with you today. He is God. What does that mean? That means that he eternally and simultaneously exists three in one. So, so God is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. There's, there's no start and there's no end to who he is. People will ask, well, who made God? God has just always been. God has always been. I want to encourage you with this. There are some things about God or about life that won't make sense until you get to heaven. Right. And, and that's why it takes faith. Faith. It's like trying to figure out all this stuff. Like, yeah. Don't even waste your time. It just takes faith. So he eternally and simultaneously exists three in one. God is three in one. He's a triune being. Um, just use an example, uh, me, because it's easy. Jo- Joshua Redding. I am uh, husband to Kyra, um, father to Jay and Judah, and son to Herbert Redding and Gloria Ward. I am one person, three different functions. That's God. He is three in one. He's God the creator. He created everything. He is the life giver. All life is sustained through God. The Bible teaches in Genesis that uh, when he created us of the dust of the earth, he breathed. That word there is ruach. Um, He breathed the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. So God right now is sustaining us. Even as I teach, he's sustaining me. As you sit, he's sustaining you. If God were to hold his breath, we all... It'll be done. Like, that's how powerful he is. Oof. <laughs> Ooh. That's awesome. <laughs> the, the, the second thing is Jesus. He is the son, but he is God, the Savior. Jesus was God incarnate. But the Bible says that he put aside all of his divine uh, privileges in order to enter into the human experience. So though he was God he never utilized his God power to overcome sin. It had to be by faith and obedience, <laughs> like lust after her. You know, the devil would say lust. He's, whoo, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I got to go to the cross, you know. He, he would say, still, still, take that, do this, cuss that person out, be angry, be mad. He was tempted, the Bible says, as we are, but yet he was without sin. And, and he even said, like, no one takes my life, I give my life away. So he was the Savior. He lived sinless, and because of him, we can enter into a relationship with God. And it just takes faith. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to stop smoking. You don't have to stop sleeping around. You don't have to. It just says, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I, I, need, I need salvation. I need forgiveness. I want to change. I need you in my life. It's as simple as that. We're saved by grace through faith. Grace, caris, it is a free gift. God just gives it. John 3, 16. 
for God so loved the world that he gave. Not for God so loved the world, do a dance and then you'll be saved. Not for God so loved the world, put on a, a certain tie and come into church, then you'll be saved. Not for God so loved the world, stop sleeping around, stop doing this, stop drinking, then you'll be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave. And Jesus came on the scene, did his thing for 33 years, and now it's just we can enter into a relationship with the Father. And so now then it's the Holy Spirit. But he is God. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this. May the grace of, here's the Trinity in one verse. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Trinity. One verse. All right, number two, he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. <laughs> he's not, you know, when we, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think he's a force. You know, like, he, he's, he, like he's a force. Who's the Holy Spirit? I haven't even heard that there was one, but, hmm, I think he's a force to be reckoned with. He's a, he's a force. No, he's, he's not a force. He's, he's a person. He's a, he's a gentleman. He's a person. In order to be a person, you need mind. Write this down. You need mind, will, and emotion. We talked last week that you, have a, you are a soul and you have a spirit that is encased in a body. So when the Bible says that before Christ, we were dead in our sins and trespasses, meaning this, before Christ, you were controlled by the desires of your flesh. So your flesh would command your soul. Your flesh would say, you want that? Go have that. Do that. You want to say that? Say that. You want to lie? Lie. You want to do this? Do that. You, you should be afraid. You should have low self-esteem. You should believe that you won't make it to the top. Your flesh, your flesh before Christ, and because of it, it causes us to have a dark soul. Yeah. Broken, hollow, empty, lost, lacking peace. And the Bible teaches that your spirit man, when you're not saved, when you're operating in the flesh, your spirit man is pretty much dead. Not dead in the sense that you're not sustained and having life, but dead in the sense where it is not influencing and empowering your soul right, right. To, 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 to be everything that God has called you to be because you were created in the image of God. So when Adam and Eve sinned, the flesh took over. The, the flesh, the dead flesh, the dust and the dirt that you see took over. When you received Christ, the Holy Spirit came in into your heart your spirit came alive, and your spirit begins to command your soul. Forgive. What tends to happen, okay, ooh, I'm, I'm in Jesus now. Ooh, I'm starting to forgive. And, and then the soul commands the flesh, and it plays out in how you live. Man, you look different. You're not the same. Well, I got the spirit. You don't, you don't go out anymore? You don't do that anymore? No, it ain't fun. You got plans for your life? You're going somewhere now? Yeah. <laughs> you studying? You're going to bed? You're working out? 
You're surrounding yourself with those lame people who don't do anything fun? Yeah. Because your spirit is, is now taken over. And your life has changed. So, so the Holy Spirit has a, a, a mind, and it says this here, no one, 1 Corinthians 2.11, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. Watch this. He's a person, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. People's soul has a mind. A soul has a will, a person. It is the one, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it is the one and only spirit, watch this, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides. So the Holy Spirit has a will. He alone decides. We can't get into this today, but when God created you, he built you with certain gifts. Like, you're just, you're great at it. Like, we, we used Rashawn a few weeks ago. He's an amazing cook. God bless Rashawn. You don't want me to cook. He's great at it. Uh, Anissa, Rhoda, Emma, PK, Ogechi. If I didn't name you, I'm sorry. I love you. Because people be sensitive. Um, you don't want me to sing. <laughs> It's the quickest way to tear this church down. No other way. Me singing. I don't care about anything else. If I sing, everyone's gone. You want them to sing. They have a natural gift for it. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you become better as you grow in him. But he's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to grow in him. Some of you have aptitudes towards finances and, and, and technology and, and building things with your hands. As you grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you become better and greater at those things. And over time, you ought to become a master who's discipling other people for the kingdom of God and the glory of God in those things. Then there are spiritual gifts. So the Holy Spirit will enhance what you're great at, but then there are straight up just spiritual gifts, like the gift of prophesying or the gift of tongues, things that we'll teach further on down the road, but they purely come from the Holy Spirit. That's what this verse is talking about. It's saying that he alone decides which gift each person should have. So he has a will. Number three, the Holy Spirit has emotions. God feels. He feels. Ephesians 4.30, verse A, just the first sentence. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. So he's a person. Next thing here, who is the Holy Spirit? He is the gift of Jesus to us. He is the gift of Jesus to us. I mean, just this was cool, like when I was studying this. So you have God the Father gave the gift of the Son. We just said the verse. Let's finish it off. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he... Oh, I love that. That's better than 930. Let's do it again. For God so loved the world that he... Whew, powerful. That he gave his one and only begotten Son. So he gave... Christ. We couldn't, you couldn't pay a billion dollars for Jesus. You, you couldn't give your home to God. Lord, I need salvation. I need to get right with you. Here's my car. 
God's like, bro, I don't need your car. I made the car. <laughs> I made the person who made the car. The Bible even says that the earth is God's footstool. He rests his foot upon the earth. And last thing I checked, the only thing that's at the bottom of a foot or shoe is dirt, which makes perfect sense because in Genesis it says that he formed man of the dirt and the dust of the ground. So it makes sense that his footstool is the earth. All right? And so, you know, the sin came in and he gave Christ. And I'll tell you how much Christ was worth, and you can't even really put a worth to Christ, but Jesus was worth the entire world. He was worth the world. None of us can afford the world. So it, it truly, salvation truly is a gift. It truly is a gift, for it is by grace. Grace is a free gift. You can't work for it. it grace is unmerited favor, meaning there's nothing you can do to, to receive God's love, to receive his grace. He gives it freely. You're chosen. You're loved. You are his child. When you come into Christ, there's nothing you can do to earn the favor of God on your life. It's just freely given. You can't study hard enough. You can't look good enough. God just gives it because he loves you. And so Jesus is upon the earth, and, and I'll, before I get into Jesus, I want to deal with something here. In the Old Testament, it was God upon a person. I said, teach him, oh, you know it takes to give me life. It was God upon a person. So you remember the process series a few weeks ago, right? When, when, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream, one of the first things that came out of Pharaoh's mouth was, I perceive that this man is filled with the Spirit of God. That was his perception of how great Joseph was. But Joseph was not filled. That was Pharaoh's interpretation. Joseph had the Spirit of God upon him. And Joseph just gave God the consent over his entire life. And God was able to raise him up. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus, God came upon people. And then in a few months here, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. And we're going to get all of our Christmas verses. And one of your favorite verses is Isaiah 7. He shall be named Emmanuel, God with us. So when Jesus came, one of his surnames was Emmanuel. He was God incarnate, God in the flesh. God was with us. Jesus goes to the cross. He dies. He resurrects. He sticks around for about a month and a half. He hangs out with his homies. He gives them the Great Commission, the very reason we're sitting in here in a church over 2,000 years after Christ went back to heaven is because he gave his friends a commission. Yeah. He goes to heaven and he sends the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the gift of Jesus to you and I. I love this verse here. It says, uh, John 16, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. Not one of you is asking where I'm going. Yeah. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. I'm going to die and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Like they're, they're sad. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So God gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. 
Next point, who is the Holy Spirit? Go ahead and write this down. He is God within the believer. He is God within the believer. This non-denominational, almost three-year-old church plant should have erupted (laughs) when that point hit the screen. Should have got, whoa, we should have went crazy on that one. The creator of the universe in your heart. And we're just, we're just writing. Hmm, that's a good thought. Oh, if it's just a good thought, that's all it'll be. God in us? Whew. Let me look at that. I haven't even seen the creative. Give it up for creative, y'all. This is amazing. Chris, I don't like the top left. You could have. Well, I'll text you on that later. That's, that's not necessary. Um, God, he is God within the believer. That's, that's amazing. So he is God. He is a person. He is the gift of Jesus to us. He's God and the believer. Romans 8.11 says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same Spirit that rose Christ from the grave lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give the flesh, the flesh, your mortal bodies. He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Meaning that as you grow in your relationship with God, you, you can experience more strength. Right, Carol? More joy, more peace. Things that people say you just really don't care about. <laughs> you, you, when the Spirit of God takes over your heart, you can focus better. You can, you can plan better. Your dreams become more vivid. Your faith becomes more intact. But, but it's, it's God, he's a gentleman, so he won't just fill you and take over. He's a gentle spirit. We read it in Ephesians right there. Don't sorrow. So he's not going to force you to do anything. He's asking for consent. Can I take over your heart? Can I take over your mind? Can I take over your words? Can I take over your time? Can I not just be Savior, but can I also be Lord? And when he becomes Lord, that's when it gets real, 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 real good. When he becomes Lord, that's when it gets good. That's when it gets good. And and he's living on the inside of you. Why do you need him? Let's go ahead and get into the why do you need him. Now, these are the practical application points. Let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Jesus is being baptized. uh, Chapter uh, 3, verse 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. So Jesus was water baptized. If you need a reason to be water baptized, Jesus was. If you're a believer and you haven't been water baptized, 
Christ was water baptized, he also commanded us to be baptized. So baptism is also a step of obedience. Um, Another thing, that's baptism teaching. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. I do want to clarify something. It's in the moment that you believe in Christ that you receive the Holy Spirit. This is just, you're going to see God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit all in one. So it's not, I believe, I'm water baptized, and when I come out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes into my heart. It's the moment that you believe you receive the Holy Spirit. All right, that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The word baptized means to be, it means immersion. So it means to go under. Once again, Christ left the earth. He ascended into heaven. He said, all right, bro, it's your turn. And so he went under into the earth. And every believer that receives Christ gets the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. So why did Jesus say, it's, it's better if I go? He was saying, I can only do so much in one body. And I need to multiply myself in people so that I can reach lost souls and so that we can change the world and see hell more empty and heaven more full before I come back. So he was saying, I need to multiply myself. I need to get into business leaders and teachers and and pastors and the next generation. And I need to get into counselors and I need to get into chefs and I need to get into the banks. I need to get in. I need to get in. I need to get in. So it's better that I leave because if I don't, all of my glory is just contained in one body. So it's just telling them, I got to get in all of you because James, I'm sending you to India. Paul, I'm sending you across the world. Peter, you better stay your butt here in Jerusalem. Everyone else is going to, because I have to multiply myself. So it was better for him to get on the inside of everyone. Anyway, back to the reading. And it says this here, in a voice, this is the father from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. So in in Jesus' baptism, we see the Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And that was the affirmation of his calling. Now Jesus has the Spirit. Let's go to Luke 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Time out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Pastor. You told us to gather the good last week. Um, I'm trying to, trying to do that, but this wilderness just won't end. Yeah. Chances are, whenever you come to Christ and you start giving them your life, things tend to get tougher yes. before they get better. Yeah. And it's only, it's only making you stronger. And it's seasons, it's seasons, it's seasons of good and it's seasons of bad. But when you're, whenever you're following the Spirit, the Spirit may just lead you somewhere that you don't want to go. may lead you into a, a circumstance, a relationship, something that you just don't want to be. But it's for a purpose. And so why do we need him? Number one, we need him for direction. He was led. We need the Spirit of God for direction. I believe so many, so many people are lost, and they don't have direction in our society, in our culture. And so they're looking for it through social media and work and leisure, money, only to come back home and be alone in a room with themselves and say, there's something still missing. 
still avoid. You, you, can, you can get the money and the car and the marriage. You can end up in the neighborhood, but still not have that thing. It, it, it's just not what it turned out to be. I have pastor friends that tell me all the time, oh, you know, I, t- I told a, a, a pastor that pours into me, he said, um, I said, you know, I, t- I told my team the other day, like, it takes time to build something great. And he checked me on it. He said, and this is an older guy I, I put myself under, I've submitted to in my life. And he said, what makes you think that what you've already done isn't great? And I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, no, don't do it. What, what was he doing? He was, he was aligning me with the saying, like, you're going in the right direction. What do you, he, he, said, he even said this. He, you know, he said, how many people you want? You want 1,000? He said, it's going to grow. You want two? You want five? You want ten? You want all the different locations? He said, it's going to do all that. He said, but guess what? It's going to go from 400 problems to 1,000 problems. And go from 400 opinions to 1,000 opinions. So just follow Jesus. Do you be a person of upstanding character, grow in your capacity to carry that amount of people, follow Jesus. Direction. I remember when we, uh, we were here summer of 2014, and I could have swore that we were going to start this church in Silver Spring. So we, we made one last-ditch effort before we got back on the road to go to Florida, and uh, we stopped over at Gaithersburg High School. Many of you have heard the story before. But I stood on top of the football field, Gaithersburg High School, and it was just the wind was blowing. And the Bible says that there's this kind of peace that exists. The word peace in, in the Greek is irene, I-R-E-N-E, irene. And, and, and that just means wholeness. But the Bible teaches that there's a peace that surpasses your understanding. So while I was trying to logically put it together, yeah, Silver Spring and, and yeah, Rockville, Bethesda. And, uh, da, 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 but I just, I couldn't, when we visited, I couldn't get that thing, that peace in my soul. And now that's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, Mark, is Jesus said that he said, I leave a peace with you. A peace that the world does not give. That's John 14 around verse 27. I leave a peace. What is he saying? He's saying when you're confused, when you're afraid, when you don't know what di- why I'm sending you into the wilderness, why I'm moving you a thousand miles away from home, when you don't know that peace is going to be your GPS. And so I stood atop. You can clap that up. The peace can be your GPS. And so I stood atop of the football field, and I just... The peace came. The peace, don't know a soul in Maryland. Don't have one connection. Right now, we didn't have the entire moving team. We had like two more, so it was about four or five of us and the boys. But we're going to do it. The peace came. And when God gives you the peace, based upon the direction he sends you, and when God gives you the peace, even when you don't see the next step, even when it's just air or water, you need to step out on faith. Because you have the, when God tells you to leave that person, you need to step out on faith. When God tells you to give that thing, you need to step out on faith. People always ask me, I just, I want to know what God's will is for my life, vision. Uh, and I, 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 I encourage them with this, slow down. So I encourage them with this. 
I asked him, I say, even if God does show you your purpose and, and your vision, are you ready to step out on faith? Don't, don't, don't get it. Don't get the peace and then go back to your desk at night and start writing out a plan. Lord Jesus, don't get the peace and go to your mom. Right. Don't go to your friend. Don't go, the Holy Spirit has led you somewhere. You got to step out on faith because if you don't, you're undermining your destiny and all that God wants to do in and through your life. So when you get the peace, you just get going. And then you'll see the power of God show up, the provision of God show up, and everything that you need as you obey God will begin to show up in your life. So when you get the peace, you step out. So I imagine it like this. Jesus was baptized. He came out of the water, and the Holy Spirit said, go straight to the wilderness. You're going to face the devil in the wilderness, and you're going to not eat, you're going to not drink for 40 days. I'm going to build something on the inside of you before you start this ministry. Go straight to the wilderness. And so I don't imagine Jesus said, well, let me go talk to my mom. Let me go talk to my dad. Let me go and read the Torah. Nope, the Spirit of God told us to go. We're going to go. So you need the Spirit for direction. Gary V. don't have direction. For your life. A lot of curse words, but no direction. And, and sometimes you just need to put it all away. Put it all, put it all away and get into the presence of God. What are you calling me to? God would like to lead and take hold of you in order to lead and guide you. He needs, write this down, he needs our consent. He needs our consent. A few things that the Holy Spirit, if, if you need to be able to discern the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life, a few things that the Holy Spirit will always lead you towards. Number one is prayer. He'll always direct you towards prayer. Very simple, but very profound. Prayer. Je Jesus taught of what was called the prayer closet. And what he was saying is, is that you, you need times throughout your day and throughout your week where it all goes off airplane mode works the kids the the job and you just get into his presence and in my mother-in-law's house lord knows i told you i don't have the gift of music but i got rhythm we had a piano okay i'm gonna make it all right we had a piano and uh i just i just play a few notes yeah, when, when you and the boys would leave and my mom was at work and it's just me and Nemo. I don't know where Nemo is. He's somewhere. Sleep. That's all he ever does is sleep. I just play simple tunes. I just start singing and praying. Just praying, Lord, like, I don't, I'm hurt. I'm lost. I want to quit. Marriage is hard. Being a dad is hard. Just, just pouring out your heart unto the Lord. Pouring out your heart. And it was in those intimate prayer closet moments where the Holy Spirit would just give clarity and affirmation and direction. And he will build you up. And he will 
speak truth and he will guide you to the will and the purpose and the freedom of God in your life. Um, um, and it's just so good. So, like, yes, I'm saying a lot right now. This is a message. You ought to go back home, review these notes. But more so than any preacher, than any pastor, than any worship song, than any mentor, you need to get them out of the room and you need to just get in the presence of the Holy Spirit so he can give you direction for your life. Luke 4 verse 14 says this here. (laughs) This is it. Then Jesus returned to Galilee. This is after the wilderness. Watch the result of it. Filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. The second reason you you need him is because you need power. You need power. The word here for power is dunamai. D-U-N-A-M-I. Dunamai. It's where we get the word dynamite. Power. And it is uh, the strength to perform through God's inherent abilities. As you grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, people should be able to look at you the way Pharaoh looked at Joseph. You remember that? I just mentioned it a few minutes ago. Pharaoh said, this man is filled with the Spirit of God. People ought to be able to look at you in five to ten years as you continue to grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit and say, whew, there's something different and powerful about that person. So it's God's inherent abilities working through you as you give the Holy Spirit consent in your life. And um, God wants us to, there it is, God wants us to stop doing things in our own strength and began doing things in his. We were, we were at breakfast um, here, the, the trip that we just took <laughs> with our mother-in-law, and she was just, her mouth was just dropped. She said, man, like, it's been less than three years, and all that God has done through the church. Like, she was just in awe about it all, and I just reached across the table and said, Mama, it's the Spirit of God. I'm not that good. PK's not that good. Our teams aren't that good. We aren't that good. Mama, it's it's the spirit and the power of God. And and, and you need, some of you have these things that you believe God has put on your heart. And it won't be by your strength. The book of Zechariah says, it is not by might or by strength, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. And a lot of we were trying to put it all together and make it work and get the money and get the people and convince things and manipulate things and arrange things. And, and, and it's like, I keep running into everywhere I turn. There's a wall. There's a wall. There's a wall. God is saying, okay, are you ready to do it my way? Wow. Yeah. I, I got the, the dunamai. Wow. I'm in your heart, but I'm not going to force you to do it my way. Wow. Yeah. The power. Well, I've tried to break this addiction. Have you given it to me? Have you got around other believers who have the power to hold you accountable, to pull you out of that addiction? I want to forgive, but I'm just, I'm still bitter and I'm still torn and I'm still broken. That's because you're trying to do it in your own strength. I have the power. 
And so you, you, it, there, there's this uh, thing, and I'm finishing up here. Um, we, we call it um, even a heater blows cold air. So, like, if this monitor was a heater, which represents the Holy Spirit, and if my proximity represents the quality of the relationship, the quality of the relationship, the less time I spend with the Holy Spirit, the heater, the colder the air gets. But the closer I am, to the Holy Spirit, the more fired up I become, the more powerful I become in the Spirit. So it's all about proximity, and this is what I'm saying. It is, it is due time for us to give God at least 10 minutes of every day and, and, and put away the phones and put away the words and turn off the TV and turn off the entertainment and get in the presence of God and pray, turn on worship music, read the word, labor in the presence of God, cry in the presence of God so that he can give us the power that we need to be the husbands and the fathers and the wives and the people that he has called us to be. Come on, somebody give the Lord something. It's power, y'all. And so the last verse, mercy, come close us out. Luke 4, 16 through 19 says this. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled it. And he said this. He says that the spirit of God is upon me. For he has anointed me, it was actually in him, but this is what Isaiah wrote because Isaiah is Old Testament, so he's just reading. So you see it, he's upon me, but the spirit was in Jesus. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The third reason you need the Holy Spirit, I need it, I need him, not it, is because there is an assignment on your life. There's an assignment, a calling, a purpose. I... Um, No, um, I love it. I love going back to Florida because um, at any point in our trip, I'm ready for my dad to ask me, so uh, when you guys moving back home? And um, we always say, Dad, Maryland's home. Maryland's home. We're on assignment. Do we miss you guys? Yeah. Is it tough? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. But I say, Dad, just to remind you, our grave stones will be in Maryland. We're committed here. And uh, we know God isn't done. Same with you. There's an assignment. Especially you believers. There are people all around you who are looking for hope. They're looking for that guiding light teachers, these students, students, your fellow students, 
We all show up with a smile. But chances are we're hiding something. And God has given you an assignment. Business leaders, there's an assignment to do well, to lead well, to treat people well, to give away your products for free from time to time. There's an assignment. And it's all because there is an eternity. And one day we're all going to die. None of this will matter. What's going to matter is how many people did we get to Jesus so that they can stand up on the day of judgment and say, Lord, I believed in you, but it was because that person was on assignment. Mothers, fathers, single mothers, single fathers, single people, there's an assignment, there's a purpose to glorify God and to point people to the Savior. You have an assignment on your life. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you honor. And we thank you for your presence. Everyone, let's stand to our feet. 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 And let's, uh, let's raise our hands. You can, if you, if you got to go here, go here, if you go here. But let's raise our hands. Let's close our eyes. We're going to pray the prayer of salvation. And we're going to pray that the Spirit of God would fill us. This is not going to get weird, I promise you. <laughs> and if you're not ready to take that step, we're going to be praying for you. But repeat after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sin. I repent of my sin. Fill my heart with your spirit. Make me alive. Give me direction. Give me power. Clarify my assignment. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. You can sit. You can sit. Well, it's been fun. I love you guys. Have an amazing week, everybody. Thank you so much.